Welcome to Second Door on the Left. This is your host, Josh House, and this is episode two of season two. We are going to be talking about Extreme Rules. Yes, that is the WWE pay-per-view event that happened July 15th. I know that I am a week and a day late in producing this particular podcast, but I wanted to do it on purpose, for a purpose, because my brother... Drew House, of course, is now part of the team here at Second Door on the Left. He was the co-host, but now he is one of the hosts here at Second Door on the Left, and I wanted him to kick off Season 2, and man, he did a phenomenal job. So if you have not yet listened to Episode 1, Trailers and Whatnot, you need to stop listening to Episode 2 of Season 2 and go right now. And listen to episode one, Drew House. I cannot be more proud of you of uh, doing a phenomenal podcast. And let me tell you, that mic that you got was pretty awesome. So we would like to thank Liquidations Plus, Tidwell Enterprises for hooking us up with that microphone. Now, what I would like to also say to Tidwell Enterprises and Liquidations Plus is that, hey, guys, I'm here. I would love to get one of those microphones and uh, do a better audio-sounding podcast for all of you amazing listeners. Now, I do want to say another shout-out to you guys because it's only been two days uh, since Drew uh, posted the first episode, and already it's up to 25 listeners. So you guys are awesome, and I know for a fact that Drew has not listened to himself 25 times. So thank you for all of our fans that are listening. And hey, remember, follow us on social media at SDOTLTV. That is SDOTLTV, which stands for Second Door on the Left TV. Um, And send us a message through Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and we will send you a second door on the left sticker just for listening to the show. You don't even have to wait for a keyword or anything like that. Just send us your address and tell us what you like about the show. We'll send you a sticker and you can use it anywhere. They're pretty awesome. I've put mine on my Yeti cup and I've had people say, oh man, I've seen that logo. And I'm like, yes, you have. Uh, I've also done our logos on Under Armour apparel. It's pretty cool. So once again, Thank you guys so much for listening to Second Door on the Left. Now, let's jump into episode two. We are talking about, what, like I said, Extreme Rules, uh, WWE pay-per-view. We're going to jump off with kickoff show. We had Andrada uh, facing Sin Cara, which to me did not care anything about this match. The NXT up-and-coming Alberto Del Rito, Andrada won over Sin Cara. To me, I'm thinking, Sin Cara, how are you even still wrestling? Uh, You've been around way too long. You need to go ahead and uh, move along. Uh, Now, you do not have to move along um, like off of WWE tours, but I think that you should just be doing house shows, no longer a part of the main card, but that's just me, and I'm just kind of that type of guy. Very boring match. Did not care anything about it. The Andrade guy is going to be huge, I promise you. He'll be bigger than Alberto Del Rio. And I already hear the haters there, and that's okay. You can hate all you want to. The dude is legit. He's going to be awesome. The next match you have in the kickoff show, which 
honestly, in my opinion, should have been on the main card was Sanity over New Day. Now, if you have no idea who Sanity are, where have you been? They're part of NXT, or they were part of NXT, Eric Young and the two Grizzly Bears. That's what I call them because they look like Grizzly Bears. Um, faced off against New Day, that's Big E, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston. One of the greatest tag teams ever. Uh, people can argue with me on that, but they will be remembered. They are huge merchandise sellers as well. But Sanity is a phenomenal group. I really like what they're doing, and I really like how they played this match out. It was very entertaining. It was a tables match, so very high-octane, just high-flying, amazing moves all the way around, and even how it ended was amazing. I will not spoil it for you. I will spoil who won. That would be Sanity, which makes sense because Sanity is the new up-and-coming uh, tag team. New Day doesn't mean anything uh, to them. They're still going to be hot. They're still going to bring people in uh, to see them. Um, I hope they get another run for a title shot because they are your four-time champions. Five times would have been awesome, uh, which I think it will happen. Now, to kick off the show, you have the Raw Tag Team Champions, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt facing off against the B team, which consists of uh, you have Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, which the B team coming into this match are undefeated. Now, the B team, of course, was the Miz Taraj, but with the Miz being transferred over to SmackDown Live, they're left at Raw, so they form this team together, and they actually do a really good job. It's very very high energy. They're winning. Now, of course, they are facing guys that really just don't really matter, like the Ascension, uh, Fandango, Brazongo. I mean, like, just, you know, or Brazongo, sorry, Tyler Breeze, that didn't make sense. Uh, facing guys that really just don't matter. But at the same time, they came undefeated. Now, prior to this match, and probably a week prior to this match, Bray Wyatt was in a major car accident. Fortunately enough, he checked out. Everything was good. But you could tell that WWE doctors really did not want him to wrestle in this match. But he did anyways. But he did not take any bumps. He didn't take any questionable maneuvers or anything like that that would cause any more injury. Um, so what happened was is the B team actually won against Matt and Bray, got the tag team titles, and went off. Now, what I've read through other podcasts and also blogs, sorry, not read through podcasts, but uh, listened to podcasts and read through blogs, is that the B team were supposed to lose that match. It was going to be their first loss, uh, and then they were going to kind of have another shot and could have been different. But injuries change everything. So WWE Creative gave the B team the shot, and I think the B team are doing a phenomenal deal. Now, I will say this once and only once. I have not watched last Monday night's or this Monday night's uh, Raw, so I really cannot tell you anything about what's happened in the storyline up to this day. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, Josh, what are you talking about? B-Team no longer have the titles. Well, good for you because I haven't watched it yet, and I will watch it. But giving you 
my take on Extreme Rules. So there we go. Now the next match is Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, which I will promise you this. I cared absolutely nothing about this match because I think they have no idea what to do with Finn Balor. Finn Balor was your first Universal Champion, got injured, was stripped of the title, um, and ever since he's came came back, they don't know what to do with him. They they feel like they can't use him as any type of champion. I, I'm surprised that he's not an Intercontinental or the U.S. I mean, there, he deserves a title of some sort, if not the Universal title. Um, the dude is phenomenal. Love his wrestling, but honestly... He's on this, like, downhill slope, and it's not his fault. It's just the WWE creative. Baron Corbin, Constable Baron Corbin, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. I love it. He's very good in the ring. But once again, they don't know what to do with him. It's the same situation as Finn Balor. So they make him Constable Corbin. And at the beginning of this pay-per-view, I picked Baron Corbin over Finn Balor. Man, was I wrong. And, man, it doesn't make any sense because he's the constable Baron Corbin. He's supposed to be part of the authority, you know, kind of the hierarchy and, like, making it. So for him to lose the match makes no sense. And I just really wasn't a fan of this match. But glad Finn won. Another side note to Finn Balor winning, he is undefeated in singles matches at any pay-per-view he's been a part of. So that's pretty crazy to think. He's money. Which brings us to our next match. Carmella versus Asuka. Once again, cared nothing about this match. Carmella is a phenomenal champion. I love her title run. Asuka is legit. And it's just like what happened to Rusev. They come up on the main card... They have a strong run. They go to their pay-per-view, and then they lose it. All that undefeated work, all gone. They lose their match, and then Creative has no idea what to do with them. And Asuka, I was there when she lost against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, and it was just like, wow. We know Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter, but Asuka should have won. But once again, other people can argue Charlotte should have won. Don't care. It was a very good match, but once again, Asuka finds herself a big loss against Carmella. No James Ellsworth caused distractions in this match, uh, but... Carmella is money. She hasn't lost against Asuka. She hasn't lost against Charlotte Flair. I know that she cashed in her money in the bank to beat Charlotte, but it is what it is. You know, it counts. So Carmella over Asuka, once again, cared nothing about that match. Going into the Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy match for the United States title, I was very into this match. I was looking forward to it. I thought Nakamura and Hardy were going to make a great, great match. Great lead up to it. So looking forward to it. And then so disappointed when it happened. 
because it literally lasted all of 15 seconds. Their entrances lasted longer than the match itself. The ref was distracted before the bell rang. Nakamura does a low blow to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy stumbles a little bit, says, no, I'm good. Kinsase, or whatever you want to call his finisher, Nakamura's finisher, right across the face of Jeff Hardy when the bell rang. One, two, three. Hardy loses the title, goes directly to Nakamura. Now, I understand why they did this, and this is what happens to injuries. Again, Jeff Hardy was suffering injuries, leg injuries. Just he wasn't 100% healthy. So they he drops the title to Nakamura. Okay, got it. They got to move Jeff out somehow. So Randy Orton's music just hits out of nowhere. And you're just like, what? To me, would have been a lot better if you had, now get this, if you had Dean Ambrose's music hit. You could have done the exact same thing. You could have him come out, stare down Nakamura, and still attack Jeff Hardy just like Randy Orton did. But they didn't go that way, and that's totally fine. But at the same time, seeing that match go like that was disheartening. I hope that Jeff recovers quickly and gets back in. But I guess we're going to have a Nakamura-Randy-Orton feud, which it is what it is. Got to have somewhere. We have Kevin Owens against Braun Strowman in a steel cage match. Now, if you want some funny, entertaining moments – Go watch that match. It's great. And if you want your holy crap moment of the night, go watch that match because they go back and forth. Kevin's trying to get out of the cage. Brian catches him. Get out of the cage. Brian catches. Brian cared nothing about getting out of the cage. Honestly, cared nothing about winning, and it was shown through the way that he was wrestling, and it was also shown through just the creative process of, no, we're going to make Brian look strong. We're going to make Braun just beat up Kevin Owens like he has been leading up to this Extreme Rules match. And there was a point where Kevin was able to get him handcuffed and he started to go up the rope, or I'm sorry, get on the top rope, start climbing. Braun, with sheer just strength, breaks loose from the handcuffs, catches Kevin Owens at the top. They both stand on top of the steel cage, standing on the structure. Braun Strowman grabs Kevin Owens by the shirt collar and literally chunks him (laughs) over the steel cage onto the announcer's table and takes one of the hardest bumps I've ever seen. I mean, it was such a hard bump. Almost as bad as when um, Kevin Owens threw the commissioner of SmackDown off as well. Uh, It was just one of those okay moments. It's like, wow, Shane McMahon moment all over again. But once again, the object of the the object of this match is the first one who hits and out of the cage. So Kevin Owens technically wins that match, but of course WWE creative cared nothing about that. They just wanted Braun to look strong. They made him look strong by almost killing Kevin Owens, one of their best wrestlers. The next match that followed that was the Bludgeon Brothers over Team Hell No. Cared nothing about this match. Cared nothing about Team Hell No. 
was not actually never followed wrestling before. Uh, had no clue who Team Hell No was. I started watching after Fastlane that came to Memphis. Um, that was my first exposure to WWE because of a guy named Nick Nick Nahad. Um, he passed away this past year. Uh, loved the guy to death. He got me into wrestling. He's got he he taught me everything in life about my job, uh, my previous job with creative arts, and I mean missing dearly to this day but he was the one that got me exposed to wrestling and man I jumped in just submerged myself into it but before then Team Hell No was already a thing Daniel Bryant was it was Daniel Bryant versus Roman Reigns Roman Reigns wins Um, so did not know anything about it but in this match somehow someway Kane comes out with a foot cast Makes no sense again. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers obviously win pretty easily. Um, and then Team Hell No, there it is. Have no idea what's going on with that. And like I said, haven't watched SmackDown either. So have to catch up on it. And maybe I'll do another podcast in the next couple of days uh, talking about kind of what's happened since Extreme Rules. You have Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. They do not go on last, which is exactly what the fans have been begging for, for Roman Reigns not to main event every single pay-per-view. Bobby Lashley over Roman Reigns, which was amazing. Bobby Lashley did a phenomenal job. Roman Reigns lost the match clean. Nothing nothing to be like, oh, the ref didn't see. I mean, it was a clean win. Very entertaining match. Very excited to see Bobby Lashley win over Roman Reigns. Uh, can't wait to see kind of what happens in that storyline. Once again, haven't watched it, so I know there's been a lot that's happened since then. But I'll give you my take on that as we get closer to SummerSlam. Um, Alexa versus Nia Jax. Once again, we're talking about a match that really just kind of getting tired of because it seems like it's just the same all same all. Um, with these two, Alexa, Nia, Nia, Alexa, what are we going to do? So Alexa wins over Nia by disqualification because of Ronda Rousey. So Ronda Rousey was serving a 30-day suspension, somehow got a front row seat, WWE creative again. Um, so you, you're following the storyline. Uh, Ronda jumps over, goes after uh, Alexa, DQ, it just makes no sense. Um, And now we get Ronda and Alexa at SummerSlam. So, oh, well, we'll see how that goes. Now, the the match of the night, in my opinion, happens the next two matches. Uh, I I really enjoyed watching this. The AJ Styles versus Rusev Day. I was so pulling for Rusev, but going into it, I think everybody knew that Rusev wasn't going to win this match uh, due to AJ Styles being on the front cover of the WWE game that comes out in October. So we knew he wasn't going to win this match. What would have been awesome for Creative to do was allow Rusev to win the match. SummerSlam, AJ wins it back, have another match in September, and whatever pay-per-view that would be, have AJ I mean, he can honestly win it back at SummerSlam. Uh, defend it again with Rusev at 
at the match in uh, September, and it would have been fine because the game comes out in October. So, to me, I was really hoping the outcome was going to be different, but it was very entertaining. Uh, it was fun to watch. Um, of Day is strong. Uh, Aiden English played a huge role into Russo's demise, according to the story. Uh, top turnbuckle was exposed. Russo was trying to throw AJ into it. AJ threw Russo into it. Dazed. Bam, bam. One, two, three. Match over. Um, very good, entertaining match, though. To end the night, okay, they're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. To end the night, you get the 30-man Ironman match against Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. 30 minutes. There's been a lot of talk about the crowd not caring at all about this match. They were mocking the clock. So anytime it got 10, not they did it every single minute, the whole 30 minutes while these guys are giving everything. Um, laying it all out. One of the, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Now, I've been to WrestleMania where it lasts, no lie, six hours. And it gets really boring pretty quickly. And, and I'll be honest, like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted by this because the match was so good, but the crowd just wanted to be heard. Um, it's just weird. Like, my match was Roman versus Brock Lesnar. Nobody wanted that match at WrestleMania. Nobody. So, of course, beach ball, WrestleMania was there. And it was awesome watching security track down these beach balls. I'm not telling you just one beach ball. I'm talking about, like, nine were going off at one time. It was it was amazing. And they're wrestling in the ring, and nobody's watching, and nobody's caring. It was crazy. But this Dolphin Seth, man, I feel bad for him. So the whole match, Dolph is crushing it, 4 nothing. I think he got up to 4 nothing. And then all of a sudden, Seth Rollins wins four straight. The clock strikes zero. It's tied. Kurt Angle's music pops, comes out, says, no, we're finishing this match. Somebody's going to, you know, leave. Next pinfall. And what happens is Dolph Ziggler wins, which I'm good with. I think Dolph is great for the IC uh, title. I'm pretty positive, pretty positive that we're going to get this at SummerSlam again, Seth versus Dolph. But I promise you this, it will not be in that same spot. It will be different, and I don't think it will be a 30-man match. A 30-minute match. Sorry, not a 30-man match. So there it is. Well, I mean, that's Extreme Rules, guys. It was very entertaining. There was a lot of spots in it that were just plain boring. But overall, I give it a rating of a 7. I mean, 7 out of 10. It was good. So that was my take on Extreme Rules. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to Second Door on the Left. 
We'll be coming back with some more podcasts in the next couple of days. So thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, you can follow me and my brother both on Instagram. Um, go to Second Door on the Left TV. Follow us on Instagram, and then you'll see our pages. Follow us. Mine's Josh House 1987. If you want some Second Door on the Left merch, man, make sure you find that. You can find it all on our Instagram page. And if you want a free sticker, man, send us your address, and we'll get a sticker in the mail. Once again, this is episode two of season two, Extreme Rules, WWE. Thanks for listening.